This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For those of you listening, thank you so much for being here. You're handsome and or beautiful. But today's topic of discussion is a little bit heavier than usual revolves around the topic or discussion of death and various experiences in life that we can't quite explain, but go through anyway. So viewer discretion, listener listening is advised. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable, a Wood Elf production. This week, the gents dive into the macabre and summon the shadow of Thanatos, the Grim Reaper. Wade hosts and lays down the law. Mark proposes curative powers in mucus. And Bob comes in with a new tale of woe in his fridge update. And the gents discuss heartfelt tales of veterinarian-induced miracles. Yes, it's time for One Poor in the Grave. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to Distractable. I'm your host today. I'm Wade, joined by my friends Mark and Bob. Howdy, boys. Hello. Howdy. 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 Howdy ho, partner. Howdy. That's kind of a Mr. Henke goes wild west. Howdy ho. Howdy ho, Kyle. God, I haven't even thought of South Park in ages. Now you have. Is this still going? Yeah, I don't think so. Sometime this year, they did like a event that was like the 20th anniversary or something i didn't watch it but well it started in 97 so 25th anniversary maybe uh that would make sense math wise slightly less time than simpsons i don't know i kind of like less time than samson's i kind of like fell out of it and no insult to like south park like it is a very particular type of show Um, but for some reason i just like started to feel out of it because it was just like you you know when things get too topical you know yes yeah i mean it's like 
always topical. And I get it, it's like unique that they can do that in a cartoon, but it was also just like, wow, man, I don't know. Funny you mentioned that today of all days. Oh. Cartoons? All right, but welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is a what? show where uh, I judge and um, choose a winner based on points. That person judges the next one. I decide the topic, but before I um, tell everybody what's going on, I'm going to continue the horrible thing I just did of, like, laying out some foreboding warning of the topic today. When did you do that before? I don't know. Mow. I do I things like my I'm way. This is my episode. Oh, things are weird. Sorry. I do it my way. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing? Tell me small talk words. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go into the... <laughs> no, God, no. I'm continuing to build up. I want to build up the tension even further. I didn't even know what the first time you built up. Just wait. It's coming. My... Wait. Everyone's going to love this. Yeah. Uh -huh. My... Yeah. Fridge. No way. Whoa! It's happening! Oh, it's happening! Fridge update! And <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get worked up a little bit. <sighs> My fridge. See, I, I told you your fridge would have an update. Mm. I could not recreate that if I tried. No, guys, after everything I went through, Manny and I went through with all the annoyances and ridiculous bullshit, the fridge is garbage. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so uh, we have, we no. have a, um, they're not sponsoring us. Yeah, okay. We have an LG brand <laughs> fridge. Now they never will. Yeah. We, when we got the appliances, because our new house didn't come with a bunch of appliances, we needed like a washer and dryer and some and some kitchen stuff. Obviously, we were like, "Well, let's all let's get all one brand. It'll look all, all match. It'll look great. It does look great." Uh, but we have an LG fridge, and apparently, if you own an LG fridge, specifically the kind I have, where it's like the French doors on top and a bottom or, or, or freezer situation, they all do this. The something about the way the fridge defrosts. The liquid that defrosts off of the cooling element of the fridge just like runs down to the bottom of the fridge. There's supposed to be a drain, but apparently the drain can freeze. Even if you set your fridge on the warmest possible setting, because I've done this, the drain can just freeze and then it's not a drain anymore. Then the water that your fridge defrosts and is supposed to be draining away just is water in the bottom of your fridge. Water. And there reaches a point where that'll accumulate, and you may have no idea for a while, but there reaches a point where you open the fridge one day, and you open the very bottom drawer, and it goes, Push! and a wave of water washes out the front of the fridge onto your feet, and you're all, what? Mm -hmm. You have to just, you have to get towels and clean the bottom of the fridge of, like, nearly a gallon of water, like, mm -hmm. once a month. Water. So it, it's a bad fridge, and also it's cold. The water is like just above freezing. So imagine you have a fridge full of freezing cold water and the only solution is to get like a, I don't know, buckets and stuff and then take like towels or sponges and try and soak it up and squeeze it out. It's really fucking annoying. Hmm. If I could get another fridge and wasn't terrified it would destroy my entire house, I probably would. Let's get a new fridge. Yeah. Airdrop it. We are running low on content. I have a catapult fridge delivery business that could really use some customers. Does Amazon Prime <laughs> have uh, drones yet that can take a fridge? Uh -huh. hey, you need a fridge. Oh, God. Anyway, the fridge is ass, and it's incredibly frustrating, and it hurts my fingies, and I hate it. So I'm glad I went through all that to get this new fridge. It was a sign at the beginning. Well, I know a thing or two about water, so um, virtual pat pat on the shoulder. I mean, the problem isn't even flooding the house. It's just like, oh, it will. I didn't know I was buying a fridge that had so much maintenance, you know? Does your fridge need to be emptied of water? Once water tastes freedom in your home, it will seek it. No matter what, it will seek more freedom. Yeah, my fridge is fine, but if there was a problem, it's built into the wall. 
So oh, it'd be yeah, it really is. tough to uh, <laughs> fix it if there is. And there are problems with it. Yes. Your fridge just stops working. It's like, well, it's just a closet now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we got more closet space. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if it did stop working eventually, I would just knock out that whole area and just like make a bigger pantry or something. I don't know. Oh, that'd be sick. I could see that. Because for a fridge that's built into the wall, it sounds really cool because, you know, like, oh, it's just like flush to the wall. But the problem is it's not that much bigger than a normal fridge would be. It's actually quite shallow, so it doesn't go in very deep. And it's just like impossible to do anything about it. I don't even know where the plug would be. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about maintenance about that thing. So when it breaks, it's either going to take me out with it or it's going to take out the entire, <laughs> like, countryside nearby. Just what? Like, Wait. Markiplier deceased. Cause? Bob's fridge's cousin. What happens when fridges break? I thought they I'm just stopped working. <laughs> I'm just assuming it's like a Fallout 3 level anything. You know, it's like made with nuclear engines in it. <laughs> it's a nuclear powered fridge. I would not be surprised at this point. And the thing is, it doesn't even do very good because it doesn't make much ice. The bottom drawer it in the right ice side. Maker? Is, it has an ice maker, oh, but it's weird. just like extremely slow. It'll fill the entire bin of ice once a week. Like it'll take a full week to fill that bin. And I'm like, that's not normal. That shouldn't be it, but that's just the way it is. You're gonna say a day. And I was like, a day is pretty normal. That's not bad. No, a, a, yeah, a day would be normal. A day should be normal, but it don't do that. I bought a separate ice maker just because I needed more ice, and that thing is it can also nuclear powered. I, it might be because that thing fills <laughs> up its entire tray. I can fill it three times a day, what? and it's like five pounds of ice it can make at a time. It's, is it's it like wonderful. a countertop ice maker situation. Yeah, yeah, it is. Dude, those yeah. those smack. Those are great, and they got the little tubey ice. Oh, like oh, the two bites little, is so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's my favorite thing. It crunches so good. Mm -hmm. By the time you finish whatever you're drinking and then you can crunch the ice, it's like the perfect meltiness. It really where is. Where it's yeah. like it's like a snow cone of whatever you were drinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Countertop ice makers are so good. Yeah. But I might just buy one of those like hotel level ice machines. You know, the kind you could stick your whole body in. What do you need, 50 pounds of ice a day? I mean, maybe. You know, honestly, I really like having ice around. You never know when ice is going to be useful. If you need, like, an ice bath, if you ever, like, or if I'm doing a lot of workouts there occasionally where I'm like, I just want to take an ice bath. Well, I don't have enough ice, dude. I'd have to go to the store and get 50 bags of ice just to put in my tub. I just imagine California, like, headline, biggest drought of all time. There's no water anywhere. And they cut to an image of you with just bags of ice. <laughs> Ice, like standing outside like a bandit like i've got water you want to buy some everything i do is a news story to you i'm like come on man it's an ambush mark is at the gas station trying to buy bags of ice and the reporter runs up like sir sir do you know we're in the worst drought of the century sir what are you doing with this ice um uh, oh i just need an ice bath i'm kind of sore uh, you heard it here first folks uh, well, you know i'm just i don't know what what ice you're talking about i just want to watch it man I'm jumping on my driveway, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy another ice machine right now just because screw you guys. <laughs> then you can it. have an office ice maker. Absolutely. We're so sorry, West Coast of the United States, but your water problem's about to get a lot worse. How bad do you think an ice maker is for the environment? Oh, you're gonna use all of the the poles worth of water. Wait, what? Pole's worth of water. You're gonna put the North Pole out of business with the amount of water you're about to suck. Do you think the ice machine goes to the nearest glacier and then cuts it into pieces in there? Uh huh. Of course it does. Sure. It doesn't freeze water three times a day. No, it goes on an adventure to the poles. Okay. All yep. right, man. 
That's fine. Uh -huh. I'm the host, and I determine how ice makers work. <laughs> yeah, doesn't mean I need to agree with it. <laughs> well, minus one point. All right, I'll I agree it. with you, Wade. Plus one point. I triple agree with myself. I'm too lazy to do math. You stay where you are. <laughs> three times one. Three times. No time. Move on. Oh, God. Then I have to add it to the other negative and a negative plus a negative. Still a negative. Oh, it's so complicated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Guys, I found another subscription. It's not even one. They keep coming. What? That's crazy. But that's okay, because I could use Rocket Money. Uh... <clears throat> Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money can help you have full control over subscriptions, have a clear view of your expenses. If there's anything in there that says, like, hey, please cancel this for me, don't press it. I'm going to go press all of those buttons. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash distractible. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Rocketmoney.com slash distractible. You should get that, Mark. It's probably important. Oh, no way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I'm glad that uh, we started off talking about going through another horrible experience. Thank you, Bob, because that's a beautiful segue. You're welcome. Into, well, I guess this episode's all about me. Welcome to the me episode, at least for the start, because I have a tale to tell. One that um is unrivaled in my lifetime. I have never been through anything like what I went through recently. So buckle in, sit down, and if there's time to talk at the end, maybe I'll let one of you win. Or <laughs> points will stand as is and Bob wins already. So. All right. <laughs> a strong starting position. I didn't realize how important this opening was. I might have uh, might have agreed a little more. <laughs> you waived your one opportunity of points, you fool. Oh, man. All of the points have been given out already. <laughs> I, think I never knew. I didn't realize. Should have thought it through. Uh, no, I refuse.
Well, if you all follow me on social media, then you saw some tweets back in the end of October, right before Halloween, of some stuff I went through with our cat Keeters. Well, Molly and I went through, I should say. The whole family basically went through. The week of Halloween is a weird week for me. My aunt has a birthday that week. It's the anniversary of my grandma passing away. There's a lot of things that are just happen on the week of Halloween always, and I don't know why. But on this particular Halloween week in 2022, our pets had a standard comprehensive yearly exam set up and a dental cleaning. And so Wednesday morning, what was Wednesday's date even like the 25th? I have to look back. The 26th. Yeah. All right. This matters. Maybe. Well, it might. So the 26th, the pets had a an appointment, all three of them to be dropped off at a vet. Uh, we had to drop them off at 7 a.m. So for me, as a night person, I usually stay up pretty late, sleep until like 11 or 12. Getting up at 6 to drop off our pets kind of sucked, but whatever. They're worth it. We'll do it. Molly nor I could fall asleep that night. We were both very restless. We kept rolling around, couldn't get comfortable. It was just one of those nights where we couldn't sleep. So around like 4.30 uh, or so in the morning, I think we finally passed out for like an hour and a half. Got up at 6, took the dogs out, put our cat in the crate to transport, took him to the vet dropped them off, went back home and thought, you know, we'll get like five or six hours of sleep. This will be great. Go back and get the dogs in the afternoon, the cat in the afternoon, everything will be fine. So fast forward to us getting home from dropping off the pets. Uh, we get home around 7.30, 7.45. We lay back down, go to sleep, thinking we're going to wake up, I don't know, noon, one, depending on when our bodies let us after not sleeping all night. But instead, my phone starts ringing right at 10 a.m. And I answer, it's like, oh, okay, it's the vet. So they must need us to authorize something. They like found a, I don't know, something needs to be done. Whatever, we'll authorize it. I answer the phone. Uh, is this so-and-so? Yes. Uh, we're calling as there's something going on. We need you to get here urgently regarding Shadow. Shadow is our cat's actual name. Like his legal name is Shadow. Everyone calls him Keeters. His legal name is Shadow. He's like, we need to get you here early, urgently for Shadow. Okay, uh, I guess I'll be right in. Hang up the phone. Uh, Molly, something's going on with Shadow. They want us to come in. Uh, hopefully it's not as bad as it sounds. I go to start getting dressed, get another call. The vet again, she says, uh, I need to emphasize urgently, please get here as fast as you can. So now panic's setting in because it's like, well, that sounds very bad. That sounds like a we need to get there for our goodbye. Hopefully he can cling on kind of hurry and get here. Yeah. What the hell happened? So instead of getting dressed, we, I grab my phone, grab my wallet. I'm wearing my pajamas, fly to the door. Molly flies to the door, put on our whatever shoes. And we just go. And as we're driving, it's like a 20 minute drive. We're both kind of like, panicking, trying to keep each other somewhat calm. I'm driving on virtually no sleep with adrenaline and panic setting in. We get to the vet and immediately they rush us back to the back room, which we've never been to before. And they've got what, like four technicians and the doctor all around our cat on a table. One of them is monitoring all of his vitals. One of them is pumping oxygen with one of those like handheld, like squeeze pumps, keeping oxygen in his lungs. He has like a tube down his throat. Everything is beeping and flashing red, which seems pretty bad. They all kind of look at us some of them are sniffling which also not a good sign mm. and the vet who maintains you know decorum whatever just comes up and she explains you know we put him under anesthesia to do the dental cleaning yada yada, yada. he's not waking up we have already spent 30 minutes giving him emergency drugs, trying to bring him back out of the anesthesia. It's not working. I'm not sure there's anything else we can do. Uh, we can keep trying the emergency drugs, but we have been trying for 30 minutes with them already. I've been just trying every five minutes and kind of like, what do you want us to do? And even though we were kind of bracing ourselves for this news, it's still, it's different when you actually get it. You can try to brace as much as you want. When someone tells you your animal or your family or whoever is 
just all of a sudden not going to be with you anymore and they want you to make a decision it's like keep going keep him alive help him please save him and this cat keeters is 15 years old he's been in my family since the beginning of my college career he was a very loner cat kind of did his own thing until he met molly when he met molly instantly became her cat it was wild the transformation he had in becoming her cat he was not like a super like needy attention and loving animal until he met molly and now he follows her everywhere he is her shadow no pun intended with his name and i looked at her looking at him and it's just like i told him please try again I was not going to have make her make the decision, but I also couldn't say, you know, take her cat away from her. Take our cat away from us. It's our cat, but it's her cat. So they try two more times and nothing. And Molly looks at me and we kind of make eye contact. And I think we both understand like, well, this isn't getting anywhere. What's the point of making them use more of this drug if it's not doing anything? So we nod at the vet. They, she understands. She removes all the apparatus, the breathing tube, everything else wraps Keters in a towel or blanket of some kind and hands her hands him to us and um we're still holding it together I think we're both in shock and she says well his heart's still beating she has like a stethoscope she's listening um he's still breathing heart's still beating the effect of the emergency drug that can just be all drug related doesn't necessarily mean that he's still himself fighting to stay alive it's probably the drugs that could last anywhere from you know a few minutes to an hour we do have humane ways of ending you know that process basically like euthanizing him at that point if you guys want to go that route i will give you time to think and to spend time with him and they took us to like a private exam room where we sat down in the dark just holding our cat in our arms wrapped in a blanket who went in for a dental cleaning and now all of a sudden we're waiting for him to pass away on his own terms in our arms it got very emotional the doctor came in about every 10 minutes or so with the stethoscope just to check his breathing his heart all that kind of thing and he was still clinging for a while, still clinging, still clinging. And we were there trying to figure out what to do. She offered us at one point with options. She said, you know, if we want an autopsy, they can do an autopsy to figure out what went wrong. They can cremate, they can keep the ashes, send us the ashes. We can go home with him and bury him, whatever we want to do. We're going through all of this stuff, waiting for our baby boy to pass away in our arms. And it was awful. Uh, she said it could last anywhere from a few minutes to about an hour. We sat in that room for an hour and 45 minutes, holding him in a towel, waiting for him to pass on his own, just I'm not the praying type. I'm rather, I think agnostic's the term. I'm not a non-believer, but I'm not a believer. I prayed. I reached out to my ancestors, to God, to any, anything and everything, everyone, everyone that would listen. Just please don't take Molly's cat. Uh, we went through, I think, every stage of grieving in there. And after an hour and 45 minutes, we came to the conclusion that he wasn't waking up and he wasn't passing on. And was it humane to leave him in this condition? And we thought, at this point, maybe not. So I stood up to go tell the doctor that we were ready to have him humanely put down. And as I did that, she opened the door before I could, holding two syringes. And she said she'd been on the phone with a couple of different specialists. One of them asked if she had tried such and such, and she said no. She, she had one more thing to try. The odds of it doing anything were very slim, but... There was still, I didn't let her finish. I said, try it, please. Whatever it is, just try it. If there's a glimmer of hope, we need it. So he still had his IV port in his paw, or, you know, his little arm. And so she took whatever it was, injected it into his arm instantly. You can't see a cat's color because they've got fur, but instantly it was like something shifted in his color. I don't know, his glow. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but something changed. His tail moved. His ears kind of like twitched a little bit. He like looked around and it was like he was waking up. None of us expected it. None of, nobody expected anything to happen. It was a, you know, exhaust this method so we can say we tried everything and go bury our cat. All of a sudden he was awake 
and we all our jaws dropped and we just flew instinctively the doctor turned we turned we flew to the table with all of their you know where they'd had him before and they started hooking him back up to the machinery to check his vitals monitor this that he started like angrily meowing and trying to get off the table they put like a clip onto his ear to monitor something he did not like that at all he was pissed we were in shock our puppies were also there at this point because they were supposed to be getting stuff done too. So we passed by them on our way back to the table. They saw us and started barking and whining. And me, the way I process moments like this is I make jokes. It's just how I cope. So I said, I'm sorry, puppies. I'll be with you in a minute, but your brother's a zombie and we need to take care of that first. And I texted my mom. I told her, hey, we might need to come over and bury the cat. Uh, Keeters didn't wake up from anesthetic. I texted my mom again and said, um, change of plan. Keeters is awake. Got to figure this out. And then after I told the puppies about the zombie cat, my mom texted me back, oh my God, zombie cat. It's like, well, at least I know where I get it from. And we looked at the doctor. We're like, hey, what do we do? What do we do? Is he okay? Can we go home? What what happens now? And she said, no, uh, she or someone got the specialist on the line. They talked to them and they said, you need to get him here now. Keep his head elevated. Keep oxygen going into his lungs. We need to get him into critical care. And at this point, we have the dogs... So I text my mom like, hey, can you come get the dogs? Please come pick them up from the vet. We've got to rush our cat to the critical care facility. There's a lot going on. So she came to get the dogs. We ended up taking some time figuring out how we were going to transport him, what condition he needed to be, everything else. They got an oxygen tank ready. And to their credit, I think they pretty much shut down their facility for the day. Like nobody was equipped to deal with losing Keters. And all the technicians, the vet herself, everybody there had said they have never had a revival ever. They have never had an animal get to that point and come back. So this was unprecedented territory for them. They gave us one of their technicians. We literally got one of their technicians to get into the car and ride with us, holding oxygen to Keters while Molly held him so his head was elevated. And I had to drive another 25 minutes, still on zero sleep, after going through this traumatic experience of going through all of the grieving processes and then all of a sudden not. And that drive was kind of when it was all finally sinking in, like... I don't know how I feel. I still, I mean, this is not terribly long after the event, but this is still a week after at least. I do not know how to feel. I have lost a lot of people in my life. My grandma, who passed away on October 24th, back in 05, a day and 17 years before this incident, was on life support, and we had to make the call to take her off life support so she could pass away. That was very strong in my head. The day before we took Keters in, I stopped by the cemetery. For the first time and I don't know how long by myself. I have not been to the cemetery by myself to talk to my my grandma, my grandpa, my dad, uh, now my uncle, and forever. Uh, and I went, talked to them the day before this happened. This was all fresh in my memory. Day of, now it's Keters is on life support, has to be taken off. He's going to pass, just like with my grandma. Only he woke up and your mind, your body, I don't know. It's just not made to comprehend that switch in emotion. Adrenaline kicked in and I went from mourning to action mode we have to do this we have to do this we have to get him we have to we have to but as that adrenaline wore off like i was left so confused it's like was it divine intervention was it a miracle was it a bunch of coincidences that happened in this week was it you start to question everything when you lose someone you question anyway but whenever you get them brought back um and he never fully died i gotta say he never fully died his heart and his breathing still continued even though it was very very faint and we all thought he was moments away from passing he never actually did but we were there. We we were expecting any moment now his last breath will be taken and we're going to go bury our cat next to Bella, who was his my dog growing up, his childhood friend when he was a little kitten. We were there. And then he was back. We're driving to this 
critical care facility. We get there. They take him back. We sit down for an hour and a half. The vet brings us um, into a room, explains what's going on. He's lasted this long. That's a good sign. Odds are he probably will survive. However, going through what he went through uh, with all of that liquid from the anesthetic, you know, in his brain, the lack of oxygen possibly, if his head wasn't up the whole time, all these things that could have happened. It may be like he had a stroke, he may never walk properly, uh, he may need assisted eating, he may be fine within a week or two, uh, he may never get his sight back, he might, every patient is different, but you know, with him and how long he was out, we need to have some expectations as to what his survival will mean. And at that point, that point we didn't care, we were just happy he was alive and he was sound like he was going to survive, whatever that entailed, so be it. They let us go back and see him. They had him in like this big row of their cages, but it's all like sealed. So that way they can pump oxygen into these. And they have him like on a heated bed with oxygen pumping in. They'd wrapped like a harness around him with all this monitoring equipment. His temperature was really low. I forget what it was at. It was like 91. His heart rate was between 130 and like 140 something. They wanted it closer to 160 or above. So all of his numbers were very low. They thought he would probably pull through, but the next 24, 48 hours were going to be critical. And if we got a call before like 10 o'clock the next morning, it was probably going to be bad news, which is not really what you want to hear when you're going to go home and try to rest because every time my phone buzzed or I thought it buzzed, I was trying to prepare myself for the he didn't pull through call. It was miserable. That whole day was miserable. That night was miserable. And then finally at noon the next day, 1230-ish, I get a call. I see that it's the critical care facility and I'm thinking, okay, this is around the time they said they would call. It could still be bad news. Brace yourself. Either way, I answer. And I don't know what it is. Sometimes doctors just have this like monotone disposition that doesn't give away any of their emotion whatsoever. So she started talking like, hi, am I speaking to so-and-so, the owner of Shadow? You the, he, blah, 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 blah. Like, yes, yes, yes. How's the cat? Is he okay? How's our cat? Oh, well, Shadow's doing very well, actually. He's doing better than we expected. It's like, oh, thank God. Okay. Sigh of relief. Now try to listen. And um, he was standing. He was meowing. Basically, he was himself. They didn't know how good his vision was. He wasn't eating. And I said, for him, that's pretty normal. He's a very picky eater, finicky eater. And if you have him strapped in a harness, he's going to be miserable, not wanting to do anything anyway. And they said we could come see him. So, of course, we did. We rushed over to go see him. And I think we tweeted out some pictures of him, like, with his harness on. I can't remember. But he seemed like himself. He was very tired. But he immediately recognized us. He came and sat on our laps. He actually ate some food for us. And then they wanted to keep him for another 24 hours. Next day, we went and got him. We brought him home. And as of right now, he is pretty much back to him, his complete normal self. He's on an antibiotic. He seems to have his full range of vision, motion. He's jumping up to get food, going and cuddling the dogs, fighting with them, whatever. He seems fully like himself. And all of this is still surreal to me. You go through it and you talk about something enough times, you start to lose the emotional attachment to it. It just becomes the story you tell. I am not at this point with this story yet. I still have my stomach in knots thinking about it. I, I don't know how to explain what happened other than a bunch of coincidences that my brain wants to attribute a whole bunch of other stuff to. But I guess everyone and what they believe in will have a different explanation, which is fine. But this was enough for me to shake my agnostic feelings a bit to the point where it's like it was a lot of different things that came together at once on a week where there's already memories things and i haven't even mentioned one of the weirdest things that happened which could be attributed to pure exhaustion or just delirium i don't know but the night that we took him to the critical the, the, the day wednesday night basically after everything happened we took him to critical care facility i was in bed falling asleep and i thought i heard skittering like the cat running around 
which I knew was not possible because he wasn't there. So I was like, oh, great. Now there's a raccoon or a rat or something in the house. Great. And I went to sit up to go look for the source of the noise. And our master bathroom connected to our bedroom has like this double door opening for some reason. I don't know why they designed it that way, but they did. We keep one of the doors closed, one door open. I don't know why, but we do. The door that was open is shadowed, right? Because it's dark. It's nighttime. So you can kind of see the white door on the right that's closed. You can see part of the white door that's open. The black space in between, it wasn't glowing like a light, but it was filling up with white, like the door, almost like in a video game when you have a wall that you can go through or a door that you just clip through and you can like sort of break through and see through it, but then you back up and it like it just fills out again. There was something like that happening. And I rubbed my eyes I was like, okay, I'm losing my mind. I sat up, looked, still there. I put on my glasses, still there. I got up and walked to the bathroom to figure out what in the world I was hallucinating. And I walked through expecting anything to happen, honestly. And then nothing did. And the, I just walked through the door. It was the bathroom. Went back, laid down. But the pulsating, whatever the fuck I was seeing was not there anymore once I laid back down. I have no fucking clue what the sound was I heard running around that also stopped. What that was how our cat almost died during dental surgery. Or not, not even surgery, just a dental cleaning or how he lasted for an hour and 45 minutes off of life support in our arms just to be brought back by something at that point and now is perfectly fine upstairs being an asshole begging for food all within less than a week's time i mean he has made a full recovery whenever the specialist our vet everyone said mm, probably gonna have some problems probably gonna last a while maybe he'll make a full recovery probably not i don't know how to explain my feelings on it i don't know how to explain what happened the weird shit around it, the timing of it. There are so many different things. I also found out apparently we have a black cat. This all happened Halloween week. And I think October 26th was National Black Cat Day. So just a lot of weird shit going on this particular week that again, all coincidences, but when you live through it, it doesn't feel that way. It feels different. And seeing him there seemingly comatose in our arms, as the vet tells us, his heart rate is fainter and fainter and fainter. And now he's not dead. He's fine. That is the tale of Keters up till now. He and the puppies are home, getting along, and all themselves. Are you going to talk a ghost story in the last 10% of your very touching and dramatic story? That was creepy. I meant to mention it in there, but... Yeah, what I... was the wall? It was like a Dark Souls-ass wall. Was that what you were describing? Like with Elden Ring, when you got to go in the boss area and it's like a yes. glowing wall? But it's not even, it wasn't even like glowing per se. It was just, it was filling out with white. I, 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 without seeing it yourself, I don't know how else to describe it other than it wasn't like it was emanating some glow. It was just like the door was closed, door was wide open without opening or closing. It was just either fully closed or fully open and it would just fill out like it was and then disappear again. And this was in was the like a middle of the filling. night or what's the deal? This was around two or three in the morning. And this was after you had lost a lot of sleep. I was on probably a total of three hours of sleep at this point. So there's a lot of me losing my mind, hallucinating things in here, mm -hmm. as well as my brain circulating with all of these supernatural divine explanations as to what was going on. So I'm not claiming it to be like a pure fact that I was, oh man, I was so there. But the, th the fact that I put on my glasses and I even walked toward it and saw the same phenomenon until I walked through it, basically, mm -hmm. that's where it was weird to me. That's such a small part of the story compared to what went on with Keters, obviously. And as yeah. bad as it was for us, what he went through, I can't even imagine. We were mourning him, crying, thanking him for being a part of our family. I mean, we if he could understand anything we were saying, he was probably like, 
I'm fucking fine. Just wake my ass up. Yeah, he was sleeping. He was just taking a snooze. And we're here like snotting on him, drooling on him, crying on him. Like we were bawling. I mean, it was hard. Maybe it was the snot. I mean, who knows? It could have been the curing properties of snot. I, I, and not to make any kind of a joke about because it, it's a very serious story, but the way you described the doctor coming in, like you reach for the door handle, then boom, two syringes in each hand, like just spread between well, the two fingers. Two in one, but yeah. Oh, I thought it was four total. And it was two like two syringes in one hand. No. Oh, really? Okay. That's she even... didn't use both. I don't know what the second syringe was for. Right. She came in with two. Mm -hmm. She, as far as I remember, she only used the one. Mm hmm. Again, I was on two hours of sleep. I'd spent two hours mourning our cat. At this point, I say two hours. We held him in our arms for an hour and 45 minutes off of life support after he had already spent 45 minutes basically only being kept alive, quote unquote, with these emergency meds. Mm -hmm. So this was two and a half hours into he's not waking up. So it could have been one syringe, but you were just like, oh, your eyes there were There were definitely crossed. two syringes. Okay, gotcha. She just tucks that behind her back. Don't know if one was the kill and one was the wake up. I don't know what the second <laughs> one was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the doctor comes in and is like, this is going to go one of two ways. <laughs> and I'm prepared. One of these syringes is the cure to your cat. The other, the death. You pick which one. One tells only lies. One tells only truths. Right or left. <laughs> oh, you picked wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the second one was. I I don't think I'm imagining it, but, uh, you know, who knows? Well, you got to call. That's the thing. You got to call the doctor and be like, when you walk through the door, did you did you have two syringes? And if they go, no, 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 just, just one, just one. You know what that other syringe was for. The, the other weird part about this, she, I mean, she didn't have to call the specialists. Mm -hmm. She could have just allowed us to wait. Then he's not waking up, euthanize him, whatever. She's not even the normal vet. She was filling in that day for oh damn another vet that was out um for um maternity leave or something so she was like a fill-in vet who normally works at with emergency situations she works at like an emergency clinic so who knows what caused keters to have an issue with the anesthetic i've heard that with older animals it's not necessarily a good idea to use it like that mm. so we're going to find alternative means to get his teeth clean in the future obviously but mm -hmm. she also wasn't even supposed to be the one there taking care of him that day it just happened that she was and she just happened to have a friend at this other clinic she called that was the specialist that told her to try something else. There were just so many small coincidences in everything. I'm probably forgetting some, but it was just, it's so bizarre. Hmm. It's so bizarre. Have you guys ever had a situation where you thought someone or something was going to die and they just all of a sudden were fine? I had not. This was a first. I've never had that. I was going to say I relate and I, I have been lucky because I know both of you guys have experienced more like loss of family members and especially closer family members than I have. A couple of my grandparents have passed away over the years and that feeling of being really like, I know, I know how I see the world, at least where I am right now in terms of like religion and what I believe, yeah. what happens when you die, that sort of stuff. But the, the really close deaths in, in the family I've experienced that feeling of like questioning everything that you think you believe like, and even though, you know, I wouldn't say, I think I know them. I think it's hard to understand what dying must be like, what happens, you know, if you have an eternal soul or whatever, people believe a wide range of things. But it has always shaken that for me. I can't imagine what it must be like that Keter's like hung on and then came back. Yeah. I can't, I definitely never had that happen. That's pretty insane. They'd never had a revival. None of the techs who had worked various amounts of years, this doctor who worked with emergency pets, mm -hmm. had never once 
had a revival. Your story is not about this, but one of my in-laws, one of my aunt's in-law, is a vet. And I've, I have some friends who have gone on to become vets as adults. And part of being a vet that makes it incredibly hard is euthanizing pets. Because yeah. frequently when pets get sick, it's like what happened with Keters where it's like, well, we, we don't understand what's, this should be fine. And they're not responding, you know, the normal way. Or, you know, pets get really sick because they don't tell you, oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, my leg hurts. You know, when a pet gets sick, it's frequently quite sick. It's advanced. It's, you know, late stage, whatever. And so I can't imagine what it was like for the vet crew that you were working with too, yeah. that they, you know, they came to that moment and they're like, damn it. We have, you know, this is a sweet cat. We have to put him down. Damn it. And then all this crazy shit happens. And then you leave with your cat and they're all just standing there like, huh? We did it? <laughs> yeah. I don't, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. Well, one of them will probably listen to this episode. One of them actually listens to our podcast, one of the texts there. Uh. Interesting. Um, she'd complimented our podcast one of the days when I dropped them off, maybe even that morning. Mm -hmm. um, oh. So she'll get to hear my, our side of it told back. But yeah, no, they were all super emotional. They all were very devastated. I, I guess they'd lost the cat in the last week or two to something similar. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, like I said, it sounded like they basically were like, hey, everyone else, we can't do anything for your pets today. I'm, we, we are not emotionally there to do that mm. and the specialist we saw had had a few revivals she's like well this is literally what i do so i've had a few of these it happens so it, it's not unprecedented that it happened but our normal vet had never had a revival and obviously i don't think people go through all of the stages of grieving very often just to have the switch finally flipped at zero hour i mean this was an hour and 45 minutes we could have pulled the plug at any moment at any moment i could have gone in and been like hey come in euthanize it just so happened that when I stood up, and this is not an exaggeration for the tale, this is when I stood up to go get the vet to put down Keters, that is when she was outside the door with this miracle syringe of whatever the hell it was. Mm. That exact moment that we gave up was the moment that that last flicker of hope entered the room. It's just so bizarre. And if you want to attribute it to, you know, God, coincidence, miracle, whatever it is, the timing of it, I cannot emphasize enough, was insane of how this happened. Mm -hmm. Insane. So my similar, but not quite the same situation is with Chica recently. I've talked about this before. I'm not sure on the podcast, but I talked about it where she had heat stroke recently while we were in Korea. So it was a very stressful time because we didn't know and calling the doctors, you never know. And it's just like um, you suddenly get this news like, oh, shit, your dog had heat stroke. What does that mean? Uh, temperature 109. I'm like, how? And it's like, we don't really know. It came in like this. How long? And then talking with the, the dog sitter and all, all of it was just like a, a confusing amalgamation of information. And then when we started flying in, they said she was stable-ish. Temperature's still high. But she was at least awake in some capacity. Uh, but they had told us basically we're not sure how long she was in heat stroke territory, which is 109. So we're afraid she might have brain damage yeah. and i you know that's terrifyingly scary so you're like oh shit oh god what's going on um so we finally get back home and we're calling the doctors and they're like yeah we're just not sure temperature's still up her behavior is a little abnormal so we we but we have no basis because they'd never seen her before and so when we get there you know the doc says like yeah so we're gonna like talking about her and talking about her tell reiterating the brain damage thing and then so uh we asked like yeah can can she come in 
is she able to do that? It's like, yeah, she can walk short distances. Um, but again, you know, we're not sure where she is mentally. So we're like, oh no. And she walks in the door. And as soon as she sees us, she's like, ah, and she recognizes us immediately. And then she she can't really stand because she's weak. So she flops down. She's just like super happy to see us. And we go, like, yeah, what were you, what was uh what, what made you think she brain damaged? And it was like, well, she was staring at walls, just looking at nothing. <laughs> and looking at light. I'm like, oh, that's Chica. Oh, that's her. She's in there. Oh, good girl. <laughs> So it's like she's a freaking weirdo dog that stares at walls and like looks at lights randomly for hours at a time. And they thought she had brain damage. And it was just like a complete switch flipped. And as soon as we knew that, we was like, oh, my God, she's going to be fine. Yeah. No brain damage there. She just had to kick a, a lingering um, infection that she had that was keeping her uh, temperature up and that caused her to go to heat stroke. So, yeah. So that was a kind of a, a, a flip there where it was like. Oh, she's fine. Yeah, you're expecting something horrible and then like... Yeah, God. exactly. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I also... Part of the story that stood out to me, I feel like this is not a human doctor thing as much, but I've definitely had it. I don't know if vets don't get training in this or if it's just less of a consideration. Uh, Lexi has to get her teeth cleaned in that same way where we drop her off and she's anesthetized because she has terrible teeth problems because she's got a little chihuahua mouth. Yeah. And every time we drop her off... You know, I drop her off early in the morning and then I expect to call sometime around lunch or whatever to say like, yeah, she's woken up. Uh, you can come get her at this time. We'll have her ready, whatever. But they always call. And like, if I don't answer, especially the vet tech or whoever is calling, will call and be like, hi, I'm calling for the um, owners of Lexi. The doctor really wants to talk to you. If you could give us a call back as soon as possible. And it's not like grave. Like you were saying, they were telling you, get here. It's very, but they leave a message and it's always like on the fence of, well, it sounds, they made it sound serious. Yeah. Like they weren't like, oh, she's ready. Come pick. They were like, you need to call. And the doctor really needs to speak to you. It's like you have to be a master of drama club and yeah. then go to vet school. <laughs> but then every we need to time. Speak to you immediately about Lexi, please call us back. The doctor wants to speak to you himself. Luckily for us, every time I call and the doctor's like, she's great. I just need to talk to you because, like, we, we extracted one tooth that was very infected or whatever. And otherwise, she. It's like, why is. It's the scariest thing that you can do if our pet is fine, like, and I'm just expecting you to call and either tell us she's perfectly fine or she's not. Just like imply that in the message or something. Have a cheerful lilt in your voice when you leave the message saying that the doctor <laughs> really needs to speak to you. It's good news. Yeah, something. Because that's I've I've had that fear for sure where it was like, oh, it's it's like two or three in the afternoon. They haven't called yet. I wonder if something went wrong. And then you get that message. And it's like the doctor needs to speak with you. It's like, why? <laughs> I mean, and we've just been lucky because Lexi is getting older. The anesthesia, I think, is harder and harder on you. Uh, puppies and cats. Mm. We should have her on the podcast. Talk about getting older. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Lexi. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we did see Alexi earlier today. She might still be here. Let yeah. me check. How soon can you come in? So I guess in summary, dear doctors and especially vets, sound happier. <laughs> Well, I guess if it's not happy, then don't sound happy. But if it's fine, come on. I guess their their idea is to remain neutral because like sometimes they probably do have bad Neutral's news. Bad. They don't want to like bad. only sound grave when it is. Or they're human and they just came away from another pet that didn't yeah, make well, it. And then they're like, 
<laughs> Your best friend. No excuses. Keep at least one technician out of the euthanasias for a day. <laughs> so you have someone who can make phone calls that don't scare the shit out of every other pet owner. Turn off the euthanasia 3000 <laughs> for a second and make a phone call. <laughs> the injectotron can wait. I didn't even mention this part of, of with Keters is... <laughs> I told all the Keters parts of the story. We dropped him off at the emergency clinic around like 2.30. I think we actually left there around like 4. And uh, when we got home, Molly and I hadn't slept. We hadn't eaten. We'd basically been awake since 7 a.m. minus an hour and a half, I guess, if you count that. We'd only slept maybe three hours total. We were fucking exhausted and fucking hungry and just devastated. I ordered some food delivered because I'm a lazy son of a bitch. And then I get a call from my mom who's like, hey, glad you're home. Because I, I texted her. Uh, we can bring the dogs over, so we'll be there in a little bit. I was like, great, sounds good. Thank you. <sighs> ring, ring. Okay, it's my mom again. Yeah, what's up? So, Ginger. Yes? Her face, it's swelling, like, a lot. <laughs> Take her to the vet. I will call. <laughs> Hang up. Call vet. Apparently, Ginger, something happened. Her face, it's swelling a lot. According to my mom, they're gonna bring her right in. Is that okay? Yes, yes, well, well that's fine. We'll get some Benadryl. Yada, yada. Great, thanks. Call my mom. Get her there, please. It's like, bee, wasp, she dying so Keters can live? It was a trait of souls? What the fuck's happening? Please. <laughs> like, you, your brain does that. Like, you know, you can't help but have those thoughts of like, oh God, what, what, did I, did I make a bargain? Did I sell my soul to a demon? What happened? Is this the monkey's paw part of the wish? Like, you have those thoughts. And then, you know, 20 minutes go by, my mom calls, they got Benadryl, so her swelling's going down, she'll probably be fine. We're gonna get more Benadryl, you gotta give her some, yada yada yada. And just, that was our day. It was just like, boom, 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 and then, I don't know, just our dogs, Keters, they're never allowed to even go outside to potty now. They just, they have to go in the house, they live in bubbles, they only eat hand-fed meats and... I hear ya. Lolly yeah, I pops. hear ya. I just like, <sighs> I, I totally get it's a stressful situation, but I don't know if I've ever gone, Is it, was this an exchange of souls? <laughs> like, I don't feel like I have that much power or connection to that much power myself. I'm a main character. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just like, my man wouldn't go there first, but uh, I, that is very funny. Yeah. Well, we've, we've definitely become hover parents with Keters. Like... Mm. We know we are, and we're trying not to be, but like with everything that happened, it's like we'll be sitting on the couch. It's like, oh, where's Keeters at? Where is Keeters at? And like we'll get up and like he'll just be sleeping on the couch. Like, Keeters, are you alive? And he's like, <laughs> the fuck? We're like, oh, thank God. You know, this did all start, if you want to trace it back through the ethereal waves of power from you making the constant joke of my dogs are fine. Thanks for asking. I know. It's from Ginger's that. had back surgery, a swollen face. Mm -hmm. Keeters died and came back from the dead. Mm -hmm. All because these fuckers that listen to our podcast keep asking, how are my dogs? Well, it's not them. Could trace it back a little, one more step. It's, it's you. They wouldn't have listened to me if they weren't there already. It's their fault for making me me. <laughs> viewers, damn you! Uh, you're the main character. <laughs> I'm the main character, viewers. Uh, Look what you've done. Viewers? Listen, whatever you are. <laughs> like, subscribe, ring that podcast bell. Uh -huh. I don't know what this topic is today. I just, I needed to get that story out there. And whatever you all have to talk about. You know what? The floor is yours. Earn points. Uh, I don't think there's time on the floor. Uh, yeah, can I just say. <laughs> there's time. Before we started this recording you were like well i want to talk about what happened to keeters which i sort of knew the gist of and so i figured it'd be like pets part two or like you know dramatic pet stories i have pulled up in front of me to talk about the uh plots like the cliff's notes plots 
of the movies, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, <laughs> Balto, and Shiloh, the children's book. Oh, I love Balto. And I was going to tell comedic versions of those as things that happened in my life, but that seems incredibly inappropriate now. Yeah, I, I had things like that were, I had close calls, but everything's okay, yeah. and you know, I was going to read stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, those seem really lighthearted and inappropriate against the backdrop. Also, you said the story wouldn't be long enough for a whole episode, and that was definitely not true. I didn't expect it to be. Mm-hmm. But we had some banter. You guys talked about your pets and stuff in the middle. It wasn't just the tale. Yeah, but that's a long story. It was like a whole day of constant, no. you know, agony of what the hell is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> God, jeez. What do you, you think? You're some kind of main character over here? Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. I didn't mean to put you through this. I will say a certain segment of that was kind of like, I feel like a nightmare that a lot of people have and that I definitely have, where he was taken off of the like operating table or whatever you'd call it. And you guys were just holding him and sort of like saying goodbye. Yeah. My grandmother that passed away had um, Alzheimer's. And so it was not a surprise that her health declined. She was she lived to a very old age and did really well considering that she had Alzheimer's. But even fully having time to prepare for like, you know, where she was, how her health was, there was a length of time, I think, where she was on life support. And I was not living at in Ohio at this point. So I was like hearing this over the phone where, you know, my parents, I think, or her family, maybe her kids were in that moment of like, okay, well, they told us She's probably not coming back. I'm sure that they did like brain tests or something. But that moment of like, do we pull the plug? You know, do we make this decision? How do you make that? And you literally had just made the decision in your own head. And the miracle that realistically doesn't happen, especially with humans where you know more if they have brain activity or whatever. But that never happens. The miracle of like, if you had decided 40 minutes earlier, the doctor may never have magically arrived with the syringe full of juice that fixed the, you know, that's, that's like an absolute nightmare Mm -hmm. of even if you know it's a loved one it's family member whatever you know that they have some disease that they are critically injured you know that but you're Mm -hmm. like what if i make the decision and the doctor comes in and that could save them Mm -hmm. i get why it feels surreal because it's very unrealistic that's not what happens. That's the miracle that doesn't happen in a lot of real situations. Well, one of the reasons we clung on, they didn't have an EKG, so they couldn't monitor brain activity on Keters. So this was all just based on heart rate, breathing, trying to look and see if he had any kind of visual response. It was There was a lot of guesswork around like, he's probably not coming back because they could not monitor his brain activity. Right. I don't know what they would have found if they could have, but that's what made us cling on so long was like, well, they said he'd pass in like an hour. We're going on almost two. He's still here. Does that mean something? And then like, you know, then it's like, no, it probably doesn't. He's still not waking up. And like you go through these ups and downs and then we reach the lowest of lows just to have him bounce back, which it's very unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. If, if it was written, Mm. in a movie people would be like yeah the doctor walks in with the magic syringe that oh oh, it's better right at the last moment Uh, yeah yeah, right okay i would not believe me if i were anyone else listening to me tell this story that's how much bullshit that actually happened that happened all right you heard it here first everybody don't believe i wouldn't he said that don't believe him i mean if i was a more callous person i wouldn't i'd be like show him on camera where is he 
How, how did this happen? Uh, does Chica have legs? Yeah, that like the Chica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does Chica have legs? It's like what people believe out there is just like, where's her legs? And I kept going, like, her legs are fine. And everyone's like, where are her legs? Like, what people will believe and won't believe, like, what they latch onto is just like drastically different. Yeah. I, I would not have believed this story. No. I would have been skeptical of, like, okay, well, they're embellishing slightly. I didn't need to embellish. If it was a news article, no one would believe it. I'm an embellisher, and there is zero part of this story. I've needed to embellish because it was just that unbelievable every step of the way. And again, he wasn't in there for some emergency thing. He was in there for a yearly dental cleaning and just comprehensive exam and blood work to make sure he was fine. He had no symptoms of anything before going in. He does have a couple teeth that need to be pulled, but I am terrified to deal with that. Did, so. did they like send you an after visit summary? That's like, we'd love to get your review of our service. And it just says on the bottom, like, I don't know if he's fine. Couldn't conclude anything. <laughs> that was very confusing. I got an email today and the headline is, wait, thank you for trusting us. And I can't see the rest <laughs> of it. Oh God. <laughs> Thanks automated survey system. What an appropriate thing. <laughs> um, I'm glad I didn't get that the day of cause I would have been a lot more callous. <laughs> Thanks for trusting us with your cat. How was our service today? It's like, he's in a fucking ICU from a dental cleaning. How are you? Would you recommend our services to your friends and family zero to 10. I feel like if there was any failure, it was on the overall company itself and not on the individuals there. I don't know what happened, but everyone that was there was so caring, so attentive, and they did everything they could, including letting us kidnap one of their technicians for a 25 minute drive to go to an emergency care facility. So if I have any complaint with what happened, it would be with just what they were told to do in the given situation and not on them as individuals. Yeah. I don't know if there was anyone to blame. I don't really blame anybody. I'm just thankful that they kept trying. They kept calling. They kept caring. They ultimately brought our cat back from a point where no other animal had been brought back from at their facility before. It does sound like they were really sweet, which you don't become a vet to get rich or something like that's not. They clearly love animals, but they didn't even charge me for like the six boxes of Kleenex I think I used because I used a lot. I was so devastated about him and I was so devastated about how Molly would respond to losing him. And like those feelings are so powerful. I, I know you were talking about crying that's not where my brain went. Go for it. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Our cat was dying and I went to another room and I thought, maybe the power of boners could cure him. So I looked up the ferociousness of porn <laughs> and my God, I will beat the life back into the air today. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Give sorry. me your best lotion and your finest <laughs> tissue. I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't care, man. It's me. <laughs> it was someone else, maybe. I apologize to the people out there listening, not to you. I... <laughs> oh, who cares? It's my cat. You can laugh. Uh, it's like a J.O. crystal. You got to charge it up before it can bring the life back. <laughs> <laughs> the power of healing jerk-off crystals will save my cat's life. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes. I've seen that cartoon. Good, good. Which cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys, uh, need a tissue? I got no. my own, are you kidding me? I keep them by my desk just in case. Like I'd sit here for an hour without the tissues I need. 
Just in case things get too sad, I've got my J-O tissues right here. <laughs> Call them the J-O-T's. Ah, good. good, good. Anywho. Anywho. Any, anything you guys want to talk about before I pick a nah, winner? you gotta pick a winner, man. <laughs> yeah, good time. luck picking win. <laughs> All right, let me, let me look at our points here. Um, zero points to me for making up that entire story that no one will ever believe. Mm. That's definitely false narrative because it couldn't actually really happen. Mm-hmm. Gotta watch out with that. That's gonna be the new thing on the subreddit. Wait, it's a big liar. And the main character. Oh, wow. Just be like that Drunk Minecraft episode six. I'll never hear the end of it. Well, when you pretended you were dating a supermodel? I went on a few dates with an international model. Sure. Oh, wow. We all believe you, man. You don't have to keep yelling about it. (laughs) Somebody seems a little insecure. I am a catch, damn you, and people recognize that sometimes, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm a main character. (laughs) 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 Let me see. Calculating the points. Well... Looking at the final score, it's Mark minus one, Bob one. I can't believe it. Where did those points come from? So, uh, <laughs> after my careful tabulations, calculations, and my multiplications, uh, I guess Bob wins by two points. Wow. I really, wow. really should have played the early game a little smarter there. You should have. Sometimes the early game, you can't bounce back in the second half every time. The uh, first right. time ever, the first goal of the game is the game winner. All right. usually plays out here. That's it. Okay. Fair is fair. It matters. Bob, victory speech. You know what feels good? I had a feeling those points would pay off. I uh, didn't foresee the whole distance this episode would take, but I'm glad I went with my gut and uh, kissed ass to make sure I earned every last point I could. Yep. Oh, yeah. You've suffered the least trauma, therefore you deserve the most win. That's fair. (laughs) Feels right to me. As the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I lost my title. I guess you're the main character for the next episode. Mark, uh, you lost horribly and pathetically. Anything to say about that? I regret nothing. I stand by whatever the hell I believed in that caused me to be so obstinate. Whatever that was. Yeah, I can't remember either. I just kissed Wade's ass. (laughs) It was supposed to be like a minus four, but I didn't want to do the math. You're lucky it's as close as it was. Ah, you uh, really shit the bed on this one. Yeah, L still an L, so I'll take it. I'd like to see you put some effort in the next one, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a lose is a lose, guys. A lose is a lose. Yeah, but some are worse than others, and this might be your worst ever. You're right. Thank you. You earned an area point today. <laughs> I'm the unmain character. Well, I'm. What's the opposite of main? You're a tertiary character. I'm a tertiary character. You're the antagonist. Nah, even a villain's kind of a main character. I guess that's true. You're the villain's assistant. I'm the red shirt of the podcast. Send me down first, Captain. I'll take on this worm. No problem. Uh, well, thank you, boys, for giving me the stage, I guess, today to tell the tale of Keeters and his miraculous whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Hopefully, I didn't uh, upset too many of you with our tale. But uh, I felt like it needed to be shared because it's... I don't know if I'll ever witness anything like that again in my lifetime. And I don't know if many people witness anything like that ever in their own. It was wild. Thank you to Mark and Bob for being here and, I guess, giving me the stage to not let them talk much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see about getting older in the next episode, probably. Wow. Um, find Mark at Markiplier. Bob, my skirm. He's on Twitch. Mark's everywhere. I'm on Twitch and YouTube. Minion777 or Lord Minion777. Doesn't matter. Distractible. We have merch. Store.distractiblepodcast.com. And uh, much YouTube and stuff, too. I don't know. There's stuff. Anyway, see y'all next time. Until then, podcast out. Through the snows at the closer pole, the poor ice machine looked on at the vista. 
It was white and crisp, an endless sea of clear, pristine snow, dazzling in its simplistic beauty. Little did his masters know what they asked of him, what it meant for their simple request. More ice. How could they know? The trials and trepidations involved in the sojourn. Ah, sorry. Yes, I'll shut up now. See you next week for more Distractable.